Welcome to the Soul Liberated Life Podcast, where you come to activate the remembrance of who you are, unlock the gifts you're here to offer, and unleash the co-creative experience you're here to love through. I'm your host, Jody Rodenbaugh, sharing deep wisdom and life intelligence through my life and death experiences, and through my gifts in liberating and expanding powerful soul-led leaders and your lineage. Every episode holds timeless wisdom and potent messages to call your soul back home and into her wildest dreams and deepest desires. Just strap on your headphones, breathe into your heart, expand your mind. Let's go. Today's episode is from my 8-8-2022 Lionsgate Portal Transmission called Ferocity. No matter when you're listening to this episode, today is the day we open the gate to your fate. And in the next episode, we will expose the very part of you that's blocking you from your own highest destiny. And if you're called to activate the ferocity inside of you, you can join us for part three where you'll go deeper into a visualization to see what messages your soul has for you right here right now at this very time in space that will move you forward in a forward momentum by releasing what no longer is serving your highest destiny. You can grab the link in the show notes. Who's ready for ferocity? Ferocity. Welcome to the fierceness of ferocity. One of my geniuses, is to take you back into the past and gather information. It's kind of like, well, it's like life. It's kind of like playing a video game where you get to that next level, but you forgot, let's say the stone, (laughs) the stone, whatever the key is to unlock the gate, you forgot it. So you got to go back now in the video game. I don't, I don't play video games, but I watched my first husband play video games many, many times. <laughs> well, actually my second husband too. <laughs> but you got to go back and gather the wisdom. You got to gather the, the keys that are stopping you from entering this gate, this next level of evolution. And my gift is to help you see what that is that you need to gather. So sometimes that means we bring in your ancestors. We bring in people that have passed on, people who you still have soul contracts with that need to be broken or need to be rewritten. I am not about the energy of cutting cords and breaking ties necessarily because there's an energy behind that. What I'm here for is helping you see that the frequency behind that matters too. And that when we do it very intentionally, very strategically without external rage, but with a line in the fucking sand, I'm going to talk to you today about sacred rage. When we bring that kind of energy into it, you will see that everyone that ever was and ever will be that comes into your life, be it somebody that you see at Target or be it someone that you have a personal relationship with, everybody has a little something something for you. If 
you are paying attention. And the more and more you become aware, the more and more you open your mind, the more and more you take off this, these bob wires that we have built around our heart, the more and more you set yourself free, the, the greater expansion you have and the greater awareness that you have for what the message is that these people have for you. So when I call myself a medium, I'm not a medium in that I'm like John Edwards or who's another medium? I don't know. Teresa, what's the um, New Jersey lady? <laughs> I'm not like that in that like messages just come to me like that. Like, first of all, I have really good boundaries and I'm not just going to, to uh, talk to you at Target and tell you what your ancestors just said. But sometimes they're very persistent and they just talk. I had an experience not too long ago. It was an experience that I had never had before because a message came to me from someone that I'd never met before. It just a message that came through to me and someone who had just crossed over spoke to me. And he told me to, to find his mother. He told me to tell his mother that A, B, and C happened to him. I didn't know what to do with that information when it happened about nine months ago. It was both miraculous and scary at the same time because I wasn't, it was like I was a little baby still. You know, I was giving this information and I was still like a little baby in that, I don't know what, what do you want me to do with this information? <laughs> and it was a, it was a young kid and my heart hurt for him. My heart hurt for his family. And sometimes when we have these gifts and we're afraid of those gifts, and I'm going to talk to you about that today in particular, we block our genius. We block our gifts, which means we're also blocking God. We're also blocking our light. So when it occurs the first time, maybe you might be like a little baby, like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this information? But the more and more awareness that you have and the more you're able to hold the capacity for your gifts, the easier it will become to express those gifts and to share those gifts openly. So when I say medium, I am someone when we have an exchange that sometimes your ancestors come into our space and they have messages and they talk to us and we find out what your soul contract is, what they are still there, what you are to pass on as their legacy what needs to be integrated in you and what you're actually still carrying that can't come with you if you want to go and grow into that next evolution of you. Go and grow into that next evolution of what you're here to transmute and transform out into the world. So one of the things that I tell people when we're talking about your gifts I didn't even plan on going here, so I don't even know what this is coming from. So what you should know about me is I'm a 2-4 manifesting generator. I have all leadership channels. 
There's four leadership channels in human design. I have all four of them, which means that I'm really balanced between left brain, right brain, masculine, feminine. I have like all. So I'm not just air. I'm not just earth. I'm, I'm all the things and I can flow back and forth. So sometimes I'm going to bring people content, which I do because this is what I do. But sometimes that content is not just intellectual. There's actually something more that's coming through. And so when I come into these experiences, I have an outline of where we're going. But sometimes these messages come through and it's like boom, 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 boom. Plus being a manifesting generator, we are all over the place. So what I want to give you permission for is you don't have to know where I'm going. You don't have to know what I just said. <laughs> and if you ask me to repeat it, I probably won't be able to. So sometimes your ancestors come in and they've passed on and other times I call it just soul communication where someone in your life is still in your frequency is still in your energy and it's caught he or she is causing you to not be able to grow past the point that you are so they also have messages and I always ask for their permission it's usually somebody that is closely related to the person their child their husband something like that that comes through and sometimes you know people are afraid to do forgiveness work and this is what i what i do for forgiveness work not just the only thing but forgiveness work really is about looking into these relationships looking into these experiences that you've had with your loved ones or those who have come into contact with you whether it ended badly or poorly or good it, it's irrelevant irrelevant if you don't walk away with some sort of hmm okay this this is the lesson this is the morsel of this otherwise we just continue to go down the road repeating the same thing so i tell people all the time you know we get into different relationships new penis same shit. <laughs> if you don't do your due diligence inside, <laughs> sometimes it gets better. Sometimes not so much. <laughs> so today, you guys, we're going to do more of the background information. We're going to do more of the background information. So Obviously, I brought you guys in for the 8-8 portal. Now, I do study astrology and I do do soul astrology, purpose life readings, but I don't actually care what happens in the stars through the 8-8 portal. Although I can tell you, it is where the earth aligns with Leo and Sun. It is Sirius and stars, star and Sirius. It is uh, Orion's belt. And these things all align to create this really magical portal of light. 
this high frequency where the, where the veil is very thin between here, the material world, and there, the spiritual, the non-physical world. And it's, it's literally like a, I have these, these curtains outside on my deck. They're, they're see-through. What do we call these? What do we call these curtains? Very sheer. That's what we call them. Sheer curtains. It's very sheer. I will have experiences when the veil is very thin where I, it's kind of, it kind of freaks me out. I'm not going to lie. Where I will feel, <laughs> I will feel things touching me. I have to tell them, no, we're not doing that. We're not up for that right now. <laughs> Do not touch me in your invisible form. That freaks my shit out. <laughs> but it happens, especially right now. And then there's experiences where I will have where um, it's like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it's like right there, this, this, this energy. And that's all it really is, is just energy. It's just energy. So the really magical part of the veil being thin is when the veil is thin, we have a greater opportunity to manifest. Manifest quicker, manifest easier to create, to co-create. But what I'm gonna be sharing with you is there is an actual process. I know, I know, I know, I know. If you follow me, then you probably have studied a lot of shit because that's what I do. So you know all the things. You've probably seen this process a hundred times, but the way I bring it through my experience, it might hit you a little bit different. The first time that I remember in my adulthood was after my husband died. And those of you who don't know that story, my husband, uh, my first husband, reason why I was brought into this whole experience, the reason why I've been in the coaching industry for 11 plus years is because my husband died on 11-11 of 2008. So one of the things, here I am going Gen, you guys, one of the things to keep in mind is that when, when we have these numbers that are continuous, the, these numbers are power numbers. And I saw 11s my whole life, 11s together consecutively, 11-11. And when my husband died on that day, it was one of those, if you've ever lost someone at a young age or something has happened to you, we're actually going to talk about these kinds of things in a little while, where they're completely unexpected. It's like, what, what the holy fuck? kind of moments. And so when I found out the date, it was just like this thing because I always felt such a resonance with 1111 on a a good on a on a good, you know, scale. But after letting it process and letting it land inside, I realized that wasn't a mistake either that that wasn't like God punishing me. It wasn't that the 1111 is now going to be a negative thing. It was that it's what I make of it. And 11 signify that we are not alone. We're not alone. So the eight eights together, the significance of the eight eights are that 
that's, that's about wealth. So this portal, the Lionsgate portal is about wealth. And the reason why we do these things and we call it the lion's gate is because this period occurs from like, I think it's like January or January, July 26th or July 27th through August 12th. So the end of this energy, the end of this portal, kind of like, you know, when a full moon happens, the full moon energy is not just on the day of the full moon. It's a couple days before it's a couple days after that's what this signifies. And so when 8-8 occurs, it's at, the, it's at the crescendo. It's at the top. The crescendo? <laughs> or is that the bottom? Is that the climax? Or is that a story? So it was after Thor passed away. His name was Thor. And I felt... So it was after he passed away. It was probably within the first week. And I felt hugs and it happened three times and I was like okay any other way you can communicate with me but that freaks my shit out <laughs> that is why we do 8-8 eight, eight. that is the juice of the 8-8 eight, eight. <laughs> now we're gonna go into ferocity Ferocity. So when this dropped in, you guys, I am one of the things that I'm here to do is change the stigma that we have around certain words to basically raise the frequency of these words. No matter no matter what something is, I say the F word all the time because I'm raising the frequency of that word. <laughs> when I became a widow. Widow has a negative connotation. I even, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even express, I couldn't even say the word for so long, let alone identify with the widow. And there's such a stigma, especially around young widows. I had three children. Well, I birthed our third child six months after he died, but I had two other children under five years old. I was 36 years old. I was a young widow. All of these words hold a certain frequency they hold a certain value and widow is one of those now i wasn't going to identify with what a widow definition was down to the nitty-gritty because the verb definition of a widow is to be to be deprived of something of value so when i when i called that in when i was looking in at that there's no greater value than that of life and that of love, which to me is one and the same. So when I heard this word, ferocity, and I looked it up, ugh, such a bad rap, fierce in like a grotesque way, eating things. <laughs> having them for dinner. But I want to turn this word around. I want to make it juicy. I want to make it more lifelike. And one of the main things that I want to bring to you, one of the main codes, the main transmissions that I want to speak into you is that women especially have been programmed and conditioned to fear 
anger. Because if we feel angry, if we express our anger, then we're bad girls. <gasps> Stop it right now. We were told and taught over many, many moons that being angry is bad and wrong and makes us a bad human, an unloving human, an ungodly human. It's none of those things. Because what's happened over time is we have pushed down this anger for fear of expressing it. For fear of looking like you aren't loving. You aren't a loving human being. For fear of being looked at as a bad girl. And instead we've locked it in. I call it invoke. Instead of locking in some frequency of greater value, we've locked in this anger and it has become a festering inner rage where we literally eat ourselves away. We binge on food. We drown our sorrows in alcohol. We cover up our emotions to avoid the pain, to avoid the loss, to avoid looking in and feeling and holding space for whatever those emotions are to flow right through us. And what we need to do is we need to turn that anger into sacred rage. I have no idea why tears are coming up. But many times my tears arise because other people aren't, aren't able to feel their emotions. They're not able to feel their emotions. And so what happens is we're, we're unable to move. We're literally frozen in time, unable to materialize the very thing that we are here for, which is to live an abundant life, which is to be free to love, which is to actually create the heaven and earth. And that 8-8, eight, eight, <laughs> that was funny. That 8-8 eight, eight is here to remind us being the bridge between the heaven and earth. The infinity sign. Turn the 8 around, it's the infinity sign. So, I want you to bring to mind where you are in life. What are your worries? What are your fears? What are your doubts? 
What are your dreams? What are your desires? My, my head wants to say goals and I'm not saying it because we need to get in our body, not in our head. Erase the smart goal mentality <laughs> right out of your head. It isn't about that. Because where I play and where I'm going to bring you to play doesn't make sense on paper. It can't be measured. It just is. Now, there is a time and place for goals. And I'm going to tell you about that on the way to the mystic path. So when I talk about moving from this place of being in your head, these old constructs of masculine ways, these old systems, these old paradigms where these rules have been placed upon you, where everything has been so stifled that you can't even fucking breathe where you're afraid to actually walk because you're walking on eggshells everywhere you go, because you're afraid to piss anybody off, because you're afraid to, that you might possibly offend somebody. And none of that is true. I'm here for it. <laughs> bye bye, smart goal mentality. So, the mystic path. The mystic path is a mystic journey. Mystic meaning it's a freaking mystery. It's an enlightened mystery. It's a story to be unfolded and told from the space of your greatest awareness and your greatest capacity. It is an ascension path. It is bringing more and more light into this body. And the more and more light that you can bring into this body, it means that you have unpacked the bullshit, all of the systems, all of these ways that aren't going to service because guess what, ladies? It is the awakened woman who's going to change this planet. It is the awakened woman with money in her hands that's going to move mountains in this lifetime. Why? Because we've got the goods. <laughs> Plain and simple, we got the goods. We got the goods. Think about it. Men weren't created to create, meaning they plant a seed. We can't do it without them. That's not what I'm saying. Let me be very clear. I fucking love men. <laughs> I love them to be here in this experience. And we're not done with them once the seed is planted. It's a co-creative 
process and the more and more we are set free, the more and more we are set free. You hear me? <laughs> you hear me? But once that seed is planted, we hold the goods. We are the creators. We hold the goods. The seed is planted. We don't know what's going on inside unless we read it from a book. We just trust the process. Why? Because there's a natural process. There's a natural process to growth and evolution. That part I can teach you. That part I can tell you about. But in the ascension process with growth and evolution, there are things that are going on under the surface that we can't see. We just have to trust. We have to trust that the baby is growing. We go, of course, we need, we have these masculine systems, ultrasound, things like that to help us. But the feminine system, the biggest system of all, is to trust in the natural process. The baby develops. Our bellies get bigger, so obviously something's going on in there. Our, our bodies are taken over, it seems. Something is going on in there. When you plant these seeds of dreams, it is the same thing. It's just about trusting the process. But when you know the process, it's easier to trust. So the baby is coming no matter what. Once that seed is planted, it's coming. Now, obviously, things happen in life where those normal circumstances, those normal situations are thrown off track due to outside circumstances or due to other circumstances. I'm saying the natural process. When all is right. But guess what? We can't control everything. We can't make everything all right. We just have to be, whole, be able to hold the capacity of the emotional waves, the emotional river that runs through us without running away. And in natural childbirth, I, I went through childbirth with my, last, with my last baby, 19 hours of labor, 18 and a half, I felt nothing. I knew that I was having contractions, I was being monitored, I felt the pressure, I knew they were coming, I did not feel any pain. I was in hypnosis. I was on a birthing ball. Well, they call it a birthing ball. 
when you're birthing, but it's an exercise ball. And my word was peace that I focused on. And I remember those waves, they would come in and that's all it was, was waves. And, and sometimes the pressure got to be so much, even without the, pre- the pain, it's like the walls were caving in. I was getting those contractions. It's contracting in, right? And they come faster and faster and faster and you think you can't catch your breath. This is all in the process of growth and evolution. The walls feel like they're caving in. You feel like you can't go on. You're looking at your watch wondering, when is it going to be time yet? Not your business. It's not your business. Your business is to navigate the waters. Your business is to hold yourself. Your business is to allow yourself to receive more and more light because guess what? When that baby comes, you're going to need to hold the light because if you can't hold the light, you can't hold the baby's light. And when you can't hold the baby's light, we disconnect from the baby. And that was never the intention of the natural process in evolution. And what has happened in our world over a period of time is we have not only disconnected from ourselves, we've disconnected from God, we've disconnected from light, we've disconnected from the creator of all creators. And actually, there's been no time in history since Jesus' time, if that's a construct you buy into, that we've had this ability to hold light. Do you guys know, do you know what I mean by that, by holding light? There's a, there's a density to emotions. There's a frequency to emotions. And the more and more we hold tight to these stories, the more and more we are attached to our past the more and more that we hold resent other people hostage, our self hostage, we're walking around like weights. And the more we unpack and the more we set these things free, the lighter we become. When we talk about emotions, emotions hold a certain frequency. All emotions hold a certain frequency. And we have the emotion of love, which holds a frequency of around 528 hertz. Now, if we compare that frequency of love to the frequency of shame, which holds a frequency of 20, and there's a lot of people who don't think that they have shame in them. Like they'll say, well, I'm not ashamed of anything. I didn't do anything wrong. No, that's guilt. Doing something wrong is guilt. Now, guilt doesn't have too much of a higher frequency than shame. Guilt has a frequency of 30 hertz. So guilt is a masculine construct. It's a masculine wound. Shame is a feminine wound. When you hold a frequency of shame inside of your body, then you're blocking yourself from creation. 
You're blocking yourself from joy. You're blocking yourself from dreams and desires. You're blocking yourselves from passion. You're blocking yourself from pure potentiality. So when I talk about the mystic path, I talk about three fields, three places that we play in. And the first place we play in is this field that is quite predictable. It's the 3D field. It's where most people live. It's where most people reside. It's where most people feel most comfortable. It is the most dense of all fields. The predictable field is walking in circles. The predictable field is about checking off boxes. The predictable field is walking around checking off those boxes thinking that you are a good human because you're doing the things, but inside you feel unfulfilled. Inside you feel like something is missing. Inside you feel lost. Inside you are feeding yourself, trying to feel, fill this void with whatever it is, food, alcohol, masturbation even. Trying to fill this void. But when we move from that place and we begin to broaden our awareness and we move down this mystic path, we create this mystic journey, we jump into this other field, which is possibility. Possibility is when we begin to see hope we begin to see the light. Now, a lot of times you might see this as an example in other people. This is why it's important to change your environment. Because if you stayed in your environment, and here I am speaking to myself because I, I work and live under the same roof. <laughs> you have to change up your environment. Create something different or you get stuck back in the predictable realm. So if you have been in this state where it's hard for you to dream, it's hard for you to, like you don't know what you want, you're like, hmm, I, I don't know. So when I say to you, what is it that you want? Where can you see yourself? Where can you see yourself? What do you desire for your life? If I could wave my mat, where's my wand? I have a wand. If I could wave my magic wand, abracadabra, and, and change your life, which kind of happens when you come into my world. <laughs> change your life. What would you want? Because I can't help you and nobody else can if you don't know what you want. But I am gonna show you what stops you from having that, that awareness, having that dream, having that capacity. So when I ask you, you know, what do you want? There are two things that have to be done in order for you to be able to create what you want. First of all, you gotta be able to dream. This is what we're talking about. You got to be able to dream. 
And you have to be able to allow yourself to have the experience. So there's a lot of people who are out there wanting. This is possibility. This is 4D. You're on the bridge. You're on this bridge between predictable and potentiality, which is the third field, which is the heaven frequency here on earth. So you have the frequency of the possibility, but you're still not able to allow it in. There's two big parts there with many, many different pieces. So first you have to be able to dream. And so when you are stuck, when you're unable to dream and you're like, I don't know, you just tell me what I want. Tell me what I want, I don't know. Or you're like, oh, I, I can't even, I can't think what, what it is that I do desire. Like, and give me some examples. And there's a lot, I'm a human design like that. Like I need a little example I need to see a little something of it. And then I Jody it up. I recreate it my way. It's actually one of my gifts. So when you are stuck, what I call this is you are in PTLD. Post traumatic love disconnection. PTLD, post traumatic love disconnection, disconnection. So post traumatic love Disconnection. When we are disconnected from ourselves, we're disconnected from source. There's something in your past. At the beginning of the, this whole conversation, I was talking about what my gift is and helping you go back into the past. So when you have these things that have happened in your life, be it in your life actually, or be it things that have been passed down to you in previous generations from your ancestors, there is, I can give you both scientific facts research done in epigenetics and how our ancestors get passed down to us. Now, I usually go back seven generations and forward seven generations when I work with people. So what that means is that we're clearing things. We're not just clearing things though. I, I kind of don't love that way of saying it. We are resurrecting, reconstructing, reviving <laughs> these things that our ancestors went through or their gifts that we now acquire still inside of us, okay? So the post-traumatic love disconnection may have been our thing. It might've been what we did, but it might've been what they have passed down to us. And we're just repeating the process. And all of a sudden we're like, why the fuck am I pissed off all the time? I don't even know. Why am I, why am I even sad all the time? Why do I walk? Why, why when my husband enters the room, do I suddenly go, Why do I experience something that should be full of joy and I'm not feeling the joy? Sometimes it's our shit. 
Sometimes it was shit passed down to us. Sometimes it matters to go there and figure out why. Sometimes it doesn't matter. It just matters where the hell you're going and what are you going to do about it. And the way we do that is the same way. It is loving into ourselves, feeling into the emotion, allowing the emotion. The other night, when was this? Saturday night, my husband and I watched this show on Netflix called Maid, The Maid. It's about this single mom while she left an abusive relationship, took her daughter in the middle of the night and had nothing. Nobody go to. Her mom was basically, <laughs> she was out there. Let's just say that. She was not responsible, not dependable, not somebody that she could count on. And she had an estranged relationship with her dad. Her friends were all like hanging out, doing drugs. She had nobody else to go to. And so she ended up getting this job as a maid. And my heart just ached. Not just for this mother in the movie, but for all mothers. Not just for the mothers who aren't able to put clothes on their children, but for the mothers who also can't, who can put clothes on their children, but they want more. And this is what I want to give you permission for. Because what we're breaking up with right here, right now with this portal is this old paradigm that you desiring more means that you are unspiritual, means that you are a bad human, means that you are a greedy person for asking for more. You have enough, girl. No, you have enough. Why do you need, you don't need that. That's predictable. You tried to step into possible and somebody knocked you down. That's not where we're playing in either one of those. In order to play in the field of potentiality, in order to play in this I am field, in order to play in the field of the creator, of all that ever was and ever will be, in order to play in the field of pure potentiality and abundance, you've got to let go of all of that bullshit and recognize that it's not just your human right to experience a rich, full, fulfilled fucking life. It's your duty. It's not just your birthright. It's your duty. Why is it your duty? Because the more you allow yourself to experience, the closer you are to the frequency of God, the closer you are to the frequency of abundance. Wealth is simply love in action. That's all it is. All of these things about money being bad around, money is the energy. It's the frequency of the exchange. And guess what? I'm here for rich women with money in their hands who have ascended, who are liberated. Now, I'm not saying that from a righteous way, like there's some 
Like just because you like like you have ascended and then you're done? No, because that's not how it works. <laughs> there is no done. You start where you start. You're ready because you're ready. There is no done. You just keep along the mystic journey. You keep walking the path. You keep allowing yourself to experience more and more and more. You're not a bad mom because you want to buy your child these really fucking cute Nikes for 140 bucks when there's other mothers who can't buy their children shoes from Dollar General. There is a certain frequency. It's like a it's like a puzzle. This experience is like a puzzle. There are different levels and different layers. When I left, I was a teacher for 16 years. When I when I left the the brick box as I call it. <laughs> when I left the brick box, it wasn't because it was bad. It wasn't because I needed to leave because it was a bad situation. It wasn't even that Yeah, let's just let's just go there. It was that I wanted more. It was that I felt stifled. It was that I felt like I was a prisoner in a brick box. But I taught inner city children. When I went into teaching, I was teaching inner city children specifically because I wanted underprivileged children. I wanted, I, it's in me. It's in me. It was, it's a transmission that I have that you are not a product of where you came from, but instead a service to where you are growing. No matter what we came into this world with, no matter what experiences we have, there is a genius inside each and every one of us. It was my job. I didn't go into teaching to teach math and science. <laughs> Fuck that shit, really. Although I, I did love math and science. <laughs> I specialized in it. And it is what I still do. But I went into teaching because I, I see genius in people. It's not about the books. It's about what is inside of you. And there's a lot of freaking genius in inner city children. There are artists, there are musicians, there are athletes. That's the part that hurts because we're so focused on what is the problem and pointing out problems instead of pointing out the solution, instead of pointing out the greatness in people. And we're so busy at focusing on what we're doing wrong, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, instead of just being who we are. And I know, I know, I know 
like I know that the more I live and the greater I love and the richer I become, the higher the frequency of the planet becomes too. Because money in my hands, <laughs> more money in my hands is not just for me. It's for the greater good. It's about the experience. This 8-8 portal is about wealth. Wealth to me encompasses all of life. But the more wealth we have, the more money that we have, the greater our experience is here because that is the exchange that we use. Maybe we won't, maybe we will in our lifetime have something different. But right now, this is what we have. Money is that isn't bad or good. It just is. And whatever that money, whosever hand that money is in, holds the frequency of that person that's exchanging that. So we need to get rid of the pain brain. I call this the post-traumatic love disconnection causes us to have fucking brain damage. Live in a pain brain. Live with the paradigm and the perception of lack and scarcity. Live in the absence of light, which is the absence of God. Live in fear. Putting up protective walls. Grabbing our weapons of destruction. Pointing our fingers with our radar guns. <laughs> Sometimes I say the funniest things. Pointing our fingers with our radar guns. Obviously, I never played cowboys and Indians. <laughs> Pointing our radar guns, our laser guns. I don't know what we're saying. This is what we're saying. At all the people doing what we think is wrong. Meanwhile, guess what? What you see is what's in you. What you see and what you point at is your point of attraction. Your point of attraction and what you focus on is what is resonating inside of you. That's the frequency that's inside of you. So when we flip that switch, and remember, this is a continuum. This is the mystic path, the mystic journey. On the one side, the predictable realm, we have people operating from a pain brain, walking around with PTLD, post-traumatic love disconnection. And as we heal our minds and bodies and souls, yes, the soul too, we begin to walk this mystic path and we get out of the pain brain and all of a sudden, our mind begins to be clearer. We begin to be able to think our way through these 
seemingly traumatic events. And sometimes even these traumatic circumstances. And as we move and as we become more and more aware, now we're using our miracle mind. And our miracle mind is free. Our miracle mind is pointing in the direction of truth. Our miracle mind doesn't need someone to tell her what to do. She just knows. She knows because she's cleared all that bullshit away and now she can trust herself. This goes back to creation. We have the goods. Our bodies were created to seek truth. To trust the path. And when we begin to think with a miracle mind, now we have abundance. We have our dream, our, these dreams that come in, we're like, whoa, I can create that? Let me use an example. So one of my clients we have in my mastermind, she was on a road trip and all of a sudden she's like, she saw a sign on this long trip she saw a sign for the Powerball and she's like, oh, how cool would that be if I won the Powerball? Let me go play that. And the second she said it, in rolls what I call the witness protection program. And the witness protection program is like, God wouldn't do that. You don't deserve that. You didn't earn that. You're not adopting children from the Ukraine. You're not taking care, uh, taking care of old people in China. <laughs> Whatever. Her witness protection program. And, and sometimes the witness protection program will say the bullshittest thing to try to manipulate you. And sometimes you'll believe that. So... The, we're going to talk tomorrow and I'm going to share with you the, the process. So there is actually within, so we have this mystic journey. That mystic journey is a path. It's a path. It's a continuum. Sometimes on a continuum, you come back to predictable. Nothing wrong with that. We're having a human experience. We're going to be experiencing some predictability here as we are lightening our load and moving into the heaven on earth. Okay? But it's a continuum. You have, it's not like you're going to stay over here and then you're done and you've made it. That's not how it works. It's like a sliding scale. You'll be sliding here and sliding here. So that's the mystic path. That's a mystic journey. Now on the mystic path, there is an inquiry process that we go through. There's a natural growth and evolutionary process. There's seven steps to that. We're going to do step one today, and then we're going to do the rest tomorrow. 
So this is the growth cycle. And the growth cycle, again, you're not going to necessarily go in order, but there is an order to it. Now, when we start to do the rest of the, the final six of this, you're probably going to want to have some notes. So you can write, the da write down the process because guess what? That PTLD is strong. You can think that you know it. I mean, I've been studying this stuff for literally over 25 years because I was even studying it as a teacher. I was one of the pioneers of emotional intelligence, but could not practice it at home because I had PTLD. I could teach it. I could, you know, teach exactly, tell my kids what needed to be done. But when I go home, I'd lose my ever loving mind. Everything that I knew, I'd just go out the window because I had PTLD. So I can, you can literally hear the same things over and over again. Everything I teach comes from a foundation of these things that I'm telling you. I say them in a different way sometimes. I bring them to you with a different decorated door on the front. But the process is, this, is the same process no matter what. It doesn't go away. It is consistent. It is foundational. So when you begin to start dreaming, you will be in the first step, in the first phase, which is the call. You're being called into something. I like to think of it like this. So when we start recognizing that there's something more out there, that we want something different, if you're not paying attention, what will happen next is, oh, slow your skateboard down, girl. You don't need anything else. You got everything you need here. You got everything you could ever want right here. How dare you want more? You should feel guilty, girl. No, all that's the bullshit, okay? That's the bullshit. Now, there are three different ways that you come into a call. So one is that you choose like today, you guys showed up, you invested something, you to hold a piece of that responsibility. So that was a choice. You just sitting here in this conversation, that's a choice. You are opening yourselves up to the dream. You're opening yourself up to being called into more. So the other way though, is you had a smackdown. The rug was pulled out from under you. You were sideswiped with a circumstance. 2020, we could say, was a, smack, a smackdown. The rug was pulled out from under us. We couldn't tell at first what was up or down. Now, those of us who have this process and whatever the hell that they choose to throw at us next, there will be something. Those of us who have this process, you, you won't need to go out there and Google all the shit. God will be your Google. 
You know truth. You'll just trust in truth. If it isn't truth, how does that, how do I say that? If it doesn't set you free, it isn't truth. If it doesn't set you free, and that includes everybody else around you too, it isn't truth. That is a code, a tangible code you can hold on to. If it doesn't set you free, it isn't truth. I asked myself that question over and over and over again about all the things that continued to happen 2020 and beyond. I didn't need to see the data, although I did look for it. And although I did find it, and guess what? If something is true, you will find data for whatever you wanna prove is true. The data is there for anything that you wanna prove. It just is. But truth never lies. It just never lies. So a spiritual smackdown, the rug is pulled out from under you. Some circumstance beyond your control occurs. A lot of people think life is over. A lot of people think I'm doomed. A lot of people think this, this is going to kill me. How am I ever going to recover from this? For me, that first time was at 36 when my husband died. Actually, the next time was a year ago, the last portal. I'm going to tell you, these portals are so powerful. My now husband went through an experience. It was a dark night of his soul experience a year ago during the Lionsgate portal. When the portal opened, July 26th or 27th, I can't remember which date that is, 26th or 27th. He had just recovered from COVID. And his mom passed away 11 days prior to that. He'd never grieved about anything really. I mean, he had divorces, but not like the death of your mom. And then the vid, it causes us to go into the pain brain. And any un unhealed trauma, that parasite is going to hold on to and expand and grow. And I didn't know if we were going to come out still together. Because on that day, the 26th, whenever the portal opened, he said, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to I don't have any feeling for you right now. I'm not, not attracted to you. The rug was pulled out from under me. 
And of course I grieved. Of course I grieved my, my, my late husband. Of course I grieved through this. But I knew the process. I knew the mystic path. I did not know how to control. It's not my business to control him. I didn't know how to control anything that was beyond my control. It's not even about a how. It's not our business to control anything outside of ourselves. I did not know if we would come out, but we are in a completely different place, this portal. And for two months, he was gone for 30 days, but for two months, I watched him go through the process of what I help people through. If I didn't know that process, I don't think we'd be together. I would have lost my mind. I would have begged, I would have pleaded, I would have turned into someone that I didn't want to be. I would have gone into the pain brain, suffering from post-traumatic love disconnection. Everything goes back to that. All your love, all your relationship, all your money stories. Everything goes back to that. So the rug is pulled out from under you. You are sideswiped. The walls are caving in. Or the third way you're being called in is you've hit rock bottom. Rock bottom is there's no other way out. Rock bottom is you've hit it. Maybe, and it can't be predicted. Everybody's rock bottom is different. I always tell people, don't deny somebody their rock bottom. If you deny them their rock bottom, if you try to interfere and take that away from them, they're not going to ever trust themselves. They're not ever going to know what it's like to say enough is enough for themselves. This is self-motivation. And when people hit that rock bottom and there's no other way but up, it's like they hit the bottom of, the, of, a, of a deep pool and they bounce off. In order to move out of any one of these three places, I'm gonna take you back to this sacred rage. In order to move from any one of those three places, whether it is your choice that you're being called, that you want to dream more, that you want to experience more, that you're opening yourselves up to more life and a greater love experience, and you're choosing that, whether or not you came into this and you're listening now because the pressure is getting too much, because you have been sideswiped, because the rug was pulled out from under you because you feel like you're in a spiritual smackdown and it feels like it cannot get any worse. Or whether you are at your rock bottom and you just woke up from a drunken night where you completely blacked out and you don't know where the hell you, you were the night before. Doesn't matter. There is no worse 
It's like when you, I hear about these people who get sick and their family gets the whole thing, right? They're all sick. And it's almost like they're in competition of who's worse. <laughs> There's no competition for that, you guys. No competition for that. But what has to happen in order for you to get into the next step, to go to that next level in the inquiry growth process, is you have to find the sacred rage inside of you. The sacred rage is enough is enough. It's a draw the line in the sand. It's a not on my watch. Will I allow myself to die right here? It's a compassionately pissed off. I didn't say passionately. I said compassionately. Compassion is about forgiveness. Compassion is about love without judgment. Compassion is I matter. My breath matters. When I walk into a room, when I sit on the other side of a table, I matter. I raise the vibration of the room that I walk in because I'm a living, breathing human. And I matter. Sacred rage is what I want you to tap into. What I want you to think about. What I want you to process. Because what has been is you've been afraid to feel that frequency. You've been afraid of your ferocity. But sacred rage is movement. Sacred rage causes movement. Sacred rage is not on my watch. Lying in the sand. Sacred rage is opening your mouth and roaring. If you go back in my Instagram in August of last year, you will find a video where during this time that you're hearing about right now in, in hindsight, I was screaming in my car on several different occasions. And this is where I first learned the value of sacred rage. Because I'm going to tell you something. After my husband died, I remember he died 11-11, so November 11th, and I had his car. He had a, um, a company Hummer that he worked for Anheuser-Busch, and so it was all wrapped in, like, Anheuser-Busch stuff. And I wanted to have his car, and they let me have his car for 30 days. I wanted to listen to all of his music. I wanted to just sit in his seats. I just wanted to feel his energy in this quiet space. And I remember in his car having, going through all the different emotions and I could not find the anger. 
And I remember fearing, feeling angry. I remember thinking that it wasn't going to end if I ever allowed it to come out. And that's not how it works, babes. It's not how it works. This has been locked up inside of you. It has to be released. And for so long, I wasn't able to find that. I went through all the different emotions. I had all the different ones. I thought I was good. I wasn't going to need to feel it. Nope. You got to feel it all. Because if you can't find that sacred rage, then you can't find the sacred joy. There's no room for it. And it's not a one and done. And it doesn't have to be as bad as, as what occurred with me a year ago. You don't necessarily have to go scream in your car. But I can tell you that when you do, you will see yourself. And the self that you see is ferocity. I hope that opened your mind to how life works. I spoke a lot about creating your dreams in this episode, but part of the call is not in our hands as far as the greater plan of life goes. The call that we've experienced, that we've all experienced over the past two years in some way, shape, or form is more about fate than anything else. Fate can feel like a sudden emotional impact. Fate is the gate of your initiation. Challenges beyond your own doing, beyond your own control, beyond anything are predetermined before you even dropped into this body. Fate is the universe, God, source's way of realigning life. Fate is about calling you out and calling you up. You're being asked to face some really hard truths right now to get clear on what you no longer want in your life. You've been shown how things are not in alignment and asked to stand behind these changes. And fate doesn't mean that you're off track, that you're doing something wrong, or that you're a bad human who needs to learn a lesson. Fate is just an invitation, an invitation to an initiation. Destiny is how you handle that invitation and initiation. Destiny is all about your decisions. And in the next episode, I'm gonna share with you the process of making your decisions. There is no right or wrong decisions, but there are decisions that can be made to navigate faith with greater ease and less discomfort and how to step into your wildest dreams and deepest soul desires. I'm going to show you the way. Keep listening. Hey, beauty. I hope you enjoyed today's transmission. If you found this valuable, we would love to know by giving us your rating and review. And of course, by sharing the good word with your people. To get closer access to me, come on over to IG at Jody Rodenbaugh. 
and search Soul Liberated Life on Facebook to enter our complimentary Facebook group. If you'd like to know how to partner with me for your liberation and deeper ways you can learn from me, just send me a DM on the IG or FB. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next episode, remember, there's magic to be unleashed inside of you and miracles beyond your wildest dreams ready for you to answer your call. You coming? <laughs>